You're listening to episode 13 of Chirps, a St. Louis Cardinals podcast for Birds on the Black. I'm Tara, he's Alex, and today we're highlighting everything we know or don't about the Cardinals left fielder. Hey everyone, welcome back to the show where we are not dealing with the technological limitations of airport Wi-Fi this week. At least for me, Alex, I'm, I'm pretty certain you're not at an airport at, at this point this week, right? <laughs> I am not at an airport. Okay, we're, we're good on the Wi-Fi situation then. Um, so we should be free and clear to talk about baseball, which is a good thing because um, I think one day this week, the high here at home is supposed to be minus 12. So at least when we're talking about baseball, I can pretend that it's going to be warm soon. Hold on. Hold on. What's, the, what's the low? The uh, I don't even want to know. At that point, does it really matter? <laughs> um, once you're at minus twelve at the warmest part of the day, uh, it, it, you just you just don't go outside. <laughs> I saw a graphic of basically the entire Midwest where it showed all of the uh, low temperatures. I believe with the wind chill effect, and they were all such obscene temperatures like like minus 40 minus 50 i thought it was a doctored image like, like that someone was pay- playing a joke <laughs> online not unlike that like john lackey eats two and a half children uh, right, per, right. Game, per game or something <laughs> that, that went around a few years ago so yeah i uh i'm in dc so it's it's not warm here but it's nothing like that that's insane yeah, it's uh, it's brutal, and it makes me very anxious for spring for a number of reasons, one of which is uh, what we'll get to tonight, and that is um, the return, perhaps, to form of Marcelo Zuna, or maybe not. Now, I've been out of town for work this week and, and only seeing baseball news in limited doses, but even I'm very aware of the fact that Marcelo Zuna right now appears to be an even bigger question mark than we thought he was, primarily due to some comments made at winter warm-up, not from him, but about him by other members of the Cardinals organization. So Alex, first of all, how concerned should we be at this point about Marcelo Zuna's shoulder? Because it seems that what was supposed to be a relatively simple uh, procedure early in the offseason has now turned into what might cost him uh, the readiness for even opening day at this point. Yeah. Uh, how concerned should we be? I honestly have no idea. This could be <laughs> one of those things where it's not a story at all. And it only sort of became a story because we had nothing else to talk about in the off season because no one's signing free agents. Uh, but when I read Mosaic's quote, or quotes uh, from the winter warm-up, I was kind of taken aback. And uh, I should also add that this morning I listened to the uh, Meet Me at Musial podcast, and they had Adam Butler on, and because I think he was there covering it. Mm-hmm. And he said that if you were there in person, hearing it in person, the quotes didn't sound as bad. I believe that's what he said. I was like kind of getting ready while I was listening. So if I'm uh, not quoting him correctly, I apologize. But I, but I believe that's what Adam Butler said. Um, and that's interesting to me because, to me, when you read Mosaic's quotes, there's no other way to read it other than as kind of this like almost passive aggressive swipe, or maybe that's a little strong, but just kind of an. It's hard for me not to get an uneasy feeling when I read this quote, 
And uh, all right, here's kind of what it made me think of. Uh, there's this really, uh, there's this old episode of Effectively Wild, uh, the podcast. It's so old, it was when Sam Miller was on. And they were talking about Steven Strasberg, who was upset after a start, or they presumed he was upset after a start. I, I don't remember the scenario exactly, but he got pulled. And then he gave a quote, which similar to this, they didn't hear, but they were reading in the paper. And he said something to the effect of, well, that's the strategy. Uh, that's the strategy we went with. It didn't work, but that's what we decided to do. And, uh, or that's what the team decided to do. And so we went with that. Um, and they were trying to see if they could read it in a way to where it wasn't like a negative quote. And so I was kind of trying to do this with what Mosaic said to see if like, oh, no, maybe if I read it in a happy tone, it won't sound as bad. Um, which is funny because I know when we start talking about this, you didn't take it the way I did. So I was surprised and I want to hear your take on it. But first, I'm just going to read the quote, if that's cool, so people know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, yeah. And basically, this is what Mosaic said, I believe, when asked about Zuna. He said, he's going to spend the remainder of his offseason in the Dominican Republic, which is not ideal in terms of our medical staff being able to get a firm grasp of where he's at. Hopefully, I can get a sense of where he is. Um, he's saying that because Mosaic is traveling down there um, to the Dominican to check also on like the, uh, the, uh, the Carnot's Clinic they have set up there. Um, and Mazzeo right. goes on. He says, candidly, with three weeks remaining before we go to camp, there's not a lot you can do. He has promised me he will be ready, so I guess I'll have to take him at his word. So, yeah, I, I, see, I don't see that as anything other than Mosaic being very annoyed. And, like, you know, we don't – he's not communicating with us or he's not, you know, rehabbing the way we would like him to rehab. What am I missing? Well, I don't know. I think that at any any way you slice this, you kind of have to read between the lines a little bit. However, um, I would say, yes, it seems to me like there's a, a very clear disconnect between the Ozuna camp and the Cardinals. And that's what's concerning to me is that there's this disconnect. Um, however, to me, when I read it, I kind of thought, okay, well, it's sort of the the classic John Mazalak thing where he says something without actually saying anything um because it basically was we haven't really communicated with him so i don't have an update for you um so i guess to me it, it felt a little less uh a little less like an attack <laughs> on yeah. marcelo zuna just because the the root of what he was getting at was um i can't really tell you how marcelo zuna is because he hasn't told us how he is so he's told me he'll be ready he's made uh every indication that that's where he feels like he can be and um we're gonna have to just trust that that's the case so i guess for me um i, I totally understand where it feels like it it, it got a little personal <laughs> that uh that john mozalak was not happy with the fact that he isn't able to keep tabs on ozuna's progress as they would like or as they've established for other guys other members of the team at this point because they've been very proactive in in trying to check in and make sure the guys are are training well in the offseason and that they're taking care of themselves and they're they're working towards their offseason goals or whatever the case may be which comes across a little bit like babysitting. <laughs> and I'm sure a lot of professional athletes are not super fond of that. Um the offseason is their time and and they didn't get to where they are as professionals by not working hard. So I, I can imagine that that feels a little bit like 
um, what you don't, <laughs> you don't think I, I am going to do whatever I need to do to be prepared for this season. But at the same time, from the front office standpoint, they are their, their assets, right? They need to make sure that they're being taken care of and that they're, um, you know, being provided with the, the resources and the, um, motivation perhaps that will have them at, at their peak when the team needs them. Um, so I don't know if the, Marcelo Zuna didn't really take kindly to that and felt like the offseason was his time and the Cardinals should sort of leave him alone. And that is what sort of feeds into this um, annoyance by John Mozeliak. But at the same time, to me, it, it felt like it got a little bit blown out of proportion, perhaps when the comments from Yachty were added saying that, you know, I really hope he wants to be or he's going to be ready for opening day, but I told him not to push it. That sort of exaggerated this idea that, oh, wait, hold on. Maybe he's actually not as healthy as we've been led yeah, to believe. Like, don't so. push it. Don't push what? <laughs> like yeah, that, that means there's yeah. something that needs to be pushed, maybe. Uh, and right. I, I think also the team, uh, it's worth noting that Ozuna did have a, a shoulder surgery or a shoulder something um, procedure. Did it go? It went as far as a surgery, right? It was, was it a surgery? Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. I think so, it's one of those that they call a minor surgery, okay. but any any surgery yeah. is still surgery. <laughs> right, right. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't know what you can do really do with a shoulder that's just a procedure, not a surgery. But um, right, shoulders are pretty tricky. Yeah, yeah. So, but it makes sense that the team's going to want to kind of you know know the status of of how he's feeling and stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, I. Sometimes I and I think Mosaic is, you know, very good at his job. He's he's obviously done a, for the most part, um, you know. And I always say Mosaic, you know, I just kind of use him as like a a, a catch all for the entire front office. Um, this is a, I, I think for the most part is a very good front office. But sometimes I, I think, um, and believe me, I would be guilty of this too. That when Mosaic gets a microphone in front of his face, that and he gets a question he hadn't quite totally prepared for. He doesn't always give an answer that's going to pass like the scrutiny of every single person's <laughs> Twitter account and every single blog out there, um, including ours, I guess. <laughs> it's all we have to do at this point in the, of the right. offseason, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's an interesting element to this offseason because I feel like there's been, and you know, I think we talked about this um, maybe just in the, the Birds on the Black group chat um, several weeks ago now, but there's been so much conversation about Dexter Fowler. There's been such a push of Harrison Bader kind of putting them out there as, um, you know, the these important pieces of the 2019 roster and there's been nothing said about about Marcelo Zuna and I wondered about that weeks ago and it kind of sounds like maybe the Cardinals are wondering about that too they're not saying anything because there's been no communication um I I reached out to to Craig Mish who um we all know and love from covering the Marlins and, and actually breaking the Marcelo Zuna story the trade uh last season and um even even he doesn't have quite the read on on what this Ozuna Cardinals disconnect might be at this point so it it feels very odd but it also feels to me a lot like what we saw most of the season right that that maybe Ozuna wasn't quite comfortable with the Cardinals organization to some degree um and the the team didn't quite I don't know, didn't quite know what to do about it or, or how to fix it or how to make it better. Um, and it just seemed like, you know, this isn't the first time that communication with the players has been a problem with this front office. Um, we saw, you know, even with Dexter Fowler, uh, a 
maybe slip of the tongue or an unintended finger point from John Mozeliak last year in talking about Dexter Fowler uh, when he apparently meant the entire team. Um, so it's not, it's not the first time that something has been said that sounded a bit more pointed than I think he may have meant for it to. Um, but I also, like I said, to me, it, it kind of just sounded like he was kind of just shrugging his shoulders going, <laughs> I don't know. What do you know? <laughs> right. um, because there's there's nothing to report at this point, uh, so long as that communication doesn't really exist from from Ozuna's end. Now, I, I would say that's very much one side of this story, right? <laughs> um, you know that that communication theoretically should go uh, both ways, and until we hear from Marcelo Ozuna, who evidently has taken. Uh, has followed in Yachty's footsteps and taken to Instagram over the last couple of days to, uh, to post some, some videos and some pictures um, of him working out and, and, and working hard. So maybe that's his uh, attempt to offer some sort of Molina esque communication with, with Cardinals nation. But um, it, it is, it is a very strange dynamic between those two parties. And uh, quite honestly, it's weird this off season and, and yes, the shoulder is a concerning element of Marcelo Zuna's game, but it's that weird disconnect that seems like it's, it has the potential to become an even greater problem than that shoulder. Right. Yeah. And you bring up that shoulder and it reminds me of, of something I saw, I believe this week on Twitter, which is, and I think it was the MLB, account and and they tweeted out kind of this compilation video of all these just really great throws from the outfield and one of them was Ozuna when he was with the Marlins and it looked nothing like (laughs) what we saw last year in terms of how he threw um and it really kind of shocked me um I was like wow his shoulder really was hurt last year if you look at the difference between that throw and basically what we saw all last season yeah, and I, I think what was frustrating to me is that we could all see that when you compared his his throws from the outfield last season yeah. to throws in previous seasons, and yet it took until what September for <laughs> for anything to really be done about that shoulder as far as the the cortisone shot, and we yeah. saw him sort of return to form at least offensively uh, almost immediately after that short DL stint. So it, it made me wonder then, you know, how much was the organization really aware of, um, you know, the the specifics to the limitation? But then again, we could all see it. <laughs> it right. wasn't a yeah, secret. They, they it wasn't like. Yeah, they they had to be aware. So whether it was a matter of uh, Ozuna not um, to some degree playing along with what they thought could help him. And again, we saw that at at the end of the season, he kind of suggested um, or his camp sort of suggested that that the rest and rehab route might be preferable. And then um, after a a heavily encouraged second opinion, he ended up getting um, this, this surgical procedure done. So it does seem like Perhaps what Ozuna sees as the best plan for him and what the Cardinals see as the best plan for him are not um, there's there's not a lot of crossover there. And maybe that's what is leading to this sort of mixed messaging as far as their supposedly middle of the order bat um, key piece to their offensive puzzle is concerned in January, just weeks away from from reporting to spring training. Yeah, and and we've seen this before with like Jaime Garcia, right? Where there wasn't kind of clear communication in terms of 
you know, what, what sort of um, medical procedure should be done or are being done. And we saw it um, this past year with um, uh, Sheriff, right? Like he, yeah. he got Tommy Johnson <laughs> yeah, that, green. It sounded that was like, me. yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to, do you want to, yeah, if you want to, I know it's not the topic at hand, but if you want to quickly tell uh, what went down there. Uh, well, he, he had surgery, um, and, and posted about it on Instagram before the team was aware that he had surgery, surgery, but Tommy John surgery, if I'm correct. Yeah. And, and it sort of seemed like the dynamic there was that, uh, he didn't realize that the team wasn't aware. Um, so I'm not sure where the communication was dropped there, but he basically went in and, and the doctor said, Hey, we need to do this. Let's go ahead and do it now. Um, and he was following the doctor's orders and thought the team was aware and they weren't. Uh, and I sort of, I may have broken that story by sharing his Instagram picture and, uh, sorry about that, Ryan. (laughs) I'm laughing because I'm just not remembering the quote from the team, which said something to the effect of, uh, when asked about it, they said, well, we can either confirm nor deny that at this point. And right. like, we all have seen a picture of him in the hospital <laughs> with his arm in like that Tommy John sling. I know yeah. you can, I know you like to keep your cards close to your chest, but I think you can go ahead and confirm this one. It's not a secret at this no, point. I no. think what, what we need to find out is um, who, uh, who forgot to make the phone call when, uh, <laughs> when the um, people with Ryan decided to go ahead and, and well, have him get the surgery. Uh, yeah. So, sorry, I didn't mean to get off topic there, but I, I forgot about how much I enjoyed that story, but I'm curious what you think. Uh, let's assume, uh, Marcelo Zuna is, is going to be healthy opening day. Let's assume even that this is not, that this is basically a nothing story that is only being cooked up because it's the off season. Um, and it's really much to do about nothing. Uh, what do you, you know, kind of expect from him this year, because obviously there was a pretty big divergence between 2017 and um, the version we saw of him last year, which, you know, he was by no means uh, a bad player. Um, not, not even, not even close really, but he, he certainly wasn't what he was in 2017. Although to be fair, I don't think many people were expecting that projections included. So I'm curious yeah. what you, what, what do you, maybe not what you expect to see, but what would, what do you, obviously we all know what we hope to see, but. Yeah, well, I think for me, the thing that and and not for me, for Marcelo Zuna as a as a middle of the order bat, the thing that was missing was that that extra base uh, ability, right? Whether it's the home runs or or just those extra base hits, um, singles McGee was was fine, uh-huh. <laughs> but not necessarily what you want out of your cleanup hitter. So um, it, I think that to some degree, with the guys that will be uh, hitting ahead of him at this point, uh, as far as we can project he'll have plenty of opportunities to drive those runs in um but it would be nice if they came more than one at a time um and and not even necessarily with him as the you know 35 40 home run guy i think it's just that that extra base pop that would allow him to drive in a few more of those runs um as well as the ability to actually you know throw a ball or two in from left field that that would be helpful um but you know he's he was a little bit above average league average as far as wrc plus last year and he was significantly above average i mean like mvp type player um in 2017 so split the difference maybe Mm -hmm. (laughs) as far as driving those runs in is concerned and that's 
it was it was a very weird season for him at the That's, plate in that regard because it, it wasn't that he wasn't making contact. It just wasn't good enough contact or, or it wasn't consistent enough or, or whatever it is. And I've heard a lot of people try to break down just exactly what it was that was that was wrong with his swing or with his approach and how much the shoulder could have affected it. Um, and no one quite has all the answers to that, which is it's not a, a black and white. Here's what went wrong with him last year. So that's why I think it's a little hard to to sort of settle on what is good enough simply because it, it's it's been an entire season and people far better than I at breaking down those swing mechanics and, and looking at the, um, you know, the depths of hitting analytics haven't really been able to put a finger on just exactly what it is that went wrong. Yes. I, I didn't mean to almost interrupt there, but I, the reason I did is because you said um, the word, the exact word that I was going to use, which is it was a weird season. Uh, yeah. And like almost perception didn't quite fit reality. Meaning my perception right. was that he was hitting all these kind of just like soft singles that were finding like all these holes. Um, and yeah, he was hitting a lot of singles, but he was actually hitting the ball really hard. If you look at yeah. like say fan graphs or, or whatnot. And I think like he was like the, and you know, exit velocity, I believe he was hitting the ball harder than he had his entire career. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. And he was hitting a lot of ground balls, but it wasn't any different from his 2017 season. Um, so yeah, it was just kind of like this weird and incredibly streaky season too. You, yeah. you know, he, he started off horribly. I believe he had like a 60 WRC plus like like six weeks into the season. <laughs> it was real bad. Yeah, and he, and he, you know, he didn't like draw a walk for like a really, really long time. Um, mm-hmm. But then... He didn't hit a home run for a really long time either. And then he hit one that I, I'm not sure it ever came down. Was that the home run in Milwaukee? <laughs> that was just... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, was, uh, that was something. Um, yeah, and, and he had just, I, I believe, just like a crazy June. Um, and then, uh, you know, we thought maybe, uh, you know, he was, he was coming out of this slump and we're going to see uh, the 2017 Azuna. And then I believe July, he kind of sunk back down again. But then he ended the season, like we said, after the quarter zone shot on just a terror. Um, so obviously, you know, echo what you said. Yeah, we don't have to have a 2017 um, Ozuna, uh, but it would be nice if he could kind of, fill in those gaps between his like crazy hot streaks with just kind of like an average bat instead of a horrible bat, which is what it was last year. So I guess my question on the back end of that is what if he's not healthy? (laughs) What if, you know, this, the comments from Yachty about not pushing it or the, the lack of communication um, about where he's at physically, what if he's not ready for opening day because we've talked a lot about how the Cardinals have a, a an interesting mix of outfield depth right now with Tyler O'Neill and Jose Martinez mm-hmm. um but a lot of that depth immediately disappears if you can't count on Marcelo Zuna and it changes the dynamic of of the strength the possible strength of this team in that regard and it, it to me it kind of shows that this the potential for this team to be really, really great um, can can become pretty fragile very quickly. Am I am I reading too much into the potential of another sort of lost season for Mozuna? No, I, I mean I, I don't think so. I, I think what I worry about is, you know, I, I think this like let's look at the outfield for a second. Um, it has potential to be really, really good. Like if, if everyone like kind of clicks, if 
say the Cardinals have one of those seasons where everyone just kind of, you know, clicks at the same time. We know what sort of potential O'Neill has. Let's say Bader hits like he did last year. Um, Fowler, you know, I'm not quite as optimistic about him. We know what Jose Martinez can do. Um, so we know there's a ton of potential there, but we also know that it could also go wrong pretty quickly. Um, Fowler, we just talked about. Bader, you know, I look at almost every projection, you know, system. I believe Joe Sheehan wrote in his newsletter a few, like a few weeks ago that, you know, that could be the best we ever see of Bader in terms Mm -hmm. of offense, you know. And, you know, and frankly, I'm fine. You know, that's not going to be a huge sticking point with me because I think his glove is that good, especially if you're surrounding him on the corners with really good bats. Yeah, I think but, the bigger concern is yeah, if the you offense falls that. off completely. <laughs> exactly. If you if you don't if you're not flanking him with um, bats and with strong bats and left field and right field, um, th- then I think that is a problem. And you know, I hate to kind of pivot this way, but it's kind of hard not to. Um, you know, anytime Bryce Harper's name would come up in terms of like, you know, why aren't, why aren't the Cardinals getting involved here? Uh, we almost felt like the front office was kind of not. I don't think laying the blame is the right word, but like kind of saying, well, we have Fowler. Um, and, you know, they even kind of put out, not the front office, but Fox Sports Midwest kind of put out that like almost soft <laughs> propaganda piece on that they eventually took down. Um, if you didn't see it, well, too bad because <laughs> it was taken down pretty quickly. But to me, that doesn't alleviate any of the Harper talk because you no. still have Ozuna in left field and one, let's say he's hurt. Okay, so that right there is an obvious reason why, hey, you know, who could really help in the outfield is someone like Bryce Harper. Two, let's say he's not hurt and he has a good season. He's still going to be a free agent after this season. Um, and we might be back here um, at this time next year talking about like, well, you know, do we have a solid outfield? You know, what, what do we think of Tyler O'Neill? Because, you know, we still might not know. Uh, so instead of Fowler, to me, Ozuna's always been that one, more of the guy in terms of like, no, the reason why you want to get Harper is because Ozuna is kind of this conundrum of, is he healthy? And if he's healthy, he's still going to be a free agent in a year. So this might be the last year we have him. Yeah, yeah. I go back to a uh, conversation I had with Derek Gould uh, several weeks ago now, and and he made that point. And it's interesting that the St. Louis media tends to take a bit of a beating as far as Harper is concerned for not continuing to pound that drum. Um, but a lot of them have written pretty clearly that this is an organization that has the resources, that has the need, that has the opportunity to go out and get Bryce Harper. And Derek Gould made the point in our conversation that what people should be looking at as far as the block to Harper is not Dexter Fowler, it's Marcelo Zuna, because the two players aren't the same, right? Bryce Harper and Dexter Fowler are never going to be on the same team trying to play the same role. Bryce Harper and Marcelo Zuna for the Cardinals would basically be trying to play the same role. Now you can, the, the argument is, is um, certainly there for which player you'd rather have in that role, but that's not the point. The point is that Bryce Harper and Dexter Fowler can and always have been able to coexist on the roster for the St. Louis Cardinals because they don't project to have the same role. And we talked about this when we talked about Dexter Fowler in, in an episode previously that he doesn't have to be that three hole hitter, the guy that's going to hit a bunch of home runs and, and, and drive in a bunch of runs. And he's not that guy. And the Cardinals didn't bring him to St. Louis to be that guy. So 
Dexter Fowler and Bryce Harper can coexist on the same roster. And then it's really not even the Dexter Fowler contract that's holding them back uh, from the Bryce Harper, uh, from a, a potential Bryce Harper deal, I guess. So it is interesting, and and that was really where my head was at when I was um, noting how silent the team had been on on Marcelo Zuna. In that they they've made a, a very deliberate attempt to um, to at least present Dexter Fowler and Harrison Bader as important pieces to this roster, whereas Marcelo Zuna has not been part of that same conversation. Now that certainly doesn't mean that they're attempting to to move him or to do anything there, but it does seem like that's where the opportunity is if they were to go ahead and make a move. And when you look at the alternative, perhaps the question marks surrounding Ozuna should be more of a, a talking point at this part of the offseason. Um, you know, whether whether John Mozeliak's comments at winter warm-up uh happened or not. <laughs> right. And you know, I always want to be careful here because no one has, uh, as far as we know, blown Harper away with like an awesome contract, right? Like basically our complaints right now about the Cardinals are the same complaints that almost every fan base can be making about their team. Um, True. <laughs> um, certainly the, the teams that are, are planning on trying to win um, in 2019. Uh, that said, I, I think we have a fairly accurate reading of the tea leaves here, which is that they don't seem to be um, involved. So, you know, certainly if once he does sign with the team, if we find out differently that we were kind of like reading this whole thing wrong and that either the Cardinals were involved and just got outbid or lo and behold, we signed Bryce Harper, then, you know, I will <laughs> walk back everything I said. Um, I mentioned that a lot could go right for this Cardinals offense. Um, if everything clicks, it could be one of, it could be the best offense in the league, uh, especially with like, you know, Goldschmidt and Carpenter at the corners in the infield. Yeah. But if everything goes wrong, specifically if everything goes wrong in the outfield, uh, it's a pretty big risk by the front office uh, yeah. sit, sitting out Harper um, because they know um, how much heat they're taking right now. So just imagine the type of heat they're going to take if, and when I say everything going wrong, I mean Ozuna being injured. I mean Jose Martinez, who I think is going to pretty much hit no matter what, but him not being able to field in the outfield, which you know we've pretty much seen with our eyes that he's not great out there. Uh, Fowler not bouncing back. Uh, Bader, you know, turning into a pumpkin. Um, the front office is setting themselves up to uh, could be setting themselves up to take a lot of heat, and frankly, I think it would be deserved. So the last thing uh, that I want to throw out there, and part of this is because we all know how much Kyle Reese loves Tyler O'Neill, um, but also just how much he believes in O'Neill as as a major league player, as a major league hitter. Is there, in your mind, Alex, the potential that the Cardinals feel like the opportunity for O'Neill to get that regular playing time in left should Ozuna not be at his best or not be healthy is maybe worth that risk in order to see what they have in him. Because a lot of times I think we've talked about it. I know I've talked about it with Daniel Shapta on our gateway to baseball heaven show. Um, this front office, this organization really stockpiles those prospects, but then doesn't always have an opportunity for them to showcase themselves at a major league level before they have to decide whether or not to move on. See Carson Kelly. Um, so there is sort of this underlying idea that 
if one of those three main outfielders falters and you don't want Jose Martinez out there every day or you find a, a role for him that makes the most sense offensively, you can give Tyler O'Neill a little more leash and a little more of a, a, a significant opportunity at the major league level to really see what, what he has to offer there. I'm not, I don't know that I, I think that that's a great plan when Bryce Harper is just there waiting for someone to make him a great offer. Um, yeah. But it does seem like a pretty Cardinals esque thing to do. Yeah. I, I am not as high on Tyler O'Neill as a lot of people are. Um, and I should note, though, a lot of these people are people who are a lot smarter than me about this stuff, like uh, <laughs> Kyle, for instance. Um, I, I believe Bernie Nicholas is, I don't want to put words in his mouth, but I think it was Bernie who was pretty high on on O'Neill. But, man, I, I feel like we've seen this before. I'm never wild about a guy who has an above 40% strikeout rate and <laughs> a guy who can barely draw a walk. Um, now, we have seen players like, you know, Javi Baez is a great example of – when he first came to the league, he was absolutely horrible. Um, you know, he struck out. I, I, I don't even remember what his strikeout rate was, but it was crazy. And, you know, he still strikes out a lot, but he has turned himself into a real hitter. And he has, uh, I feel like he's almost cut that strikeout rate in half. Um, yeah. And the fact that he still strikes out a lot tells you how much he, he was striking. You know, so it's not unheard of to, to, um, fix that flaw and you know so many people are high on albert as kind of like the hitting coach who's who's someone who could help you know guide players through, through something yeah. like this mm-hmm. um to me you know when it comes to hitting coaches pitching coaches uh i'm always kind of skeptical of like you know this guy's the next uh you know george kissel you know until <laughs> because it, it's just like so easy to write these stories in the off season it, it's not that i don't think albert will be great it's just that i'm always kind of skeptical um of any sort of off-season narratives and still until the season plays out. But again, a lot of people smarter than I am at this stuff believe in Jeff Albert. They believe in Tyler O'Neill. Um, so I'm probably being overly pessimistic. I certainly hope it breaks right because obviously you can see the potential there. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I just looked it up uh, in 2014, Javi Baez, when he first came up to the major league level, his strikeout rate was 41.5%. Oh, okay. In 28, it was 25.9%. Okay. So, he didn't so quite cut it in it's half, possible. But, yeah. But, yeah. And, and we also have to remember the strikeout rate since 2014 has been climbing across yeah. the league as well. Yeah. So no, he didn't cut it in half, but you know, in this day and age, you, significant improvement. Yeah, and in this day and age, you can live with the twenty five percent strikeout rate. Yeah. Like we, would, especially no, I was just to say we would love to have that from Tyler O'Neill. Absolutely, with the with the game changing power that he has. Yeah. Um. You know, I think that would certainly be uh, an acceptable, um, and, acceptable part of his game. Yeah, I should probably also note this. Um. To be fair to Tyler O'Neill, uh, one he only had like barely over a hundred plate appearances in the majors last year, so it's not like we have a yeah. huge snapshot of him and two i believe in triple a his strikeout rate was around like 25 percent um obviously there's a big difference between triple a and the majors but you know if if we can kind of kind of look at that projection of development hopefully he can kind of get that strikeout rate closer to what it was um in memphis yeah so it'll be interesting um as far as ozuna is concerned i think the the 
the main takeaway for me is that it's the off season. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so uh, a comment like John Mozeliak made is, is going to be taken and um, used to try to uh, sort through what the storyline really is on Marcelo Zuna. Hopefully he gets a little bit of clarity when he's in the Dominican and can see him in person or at least speak to him one-on-one um, -on -one at that point. And, and maybe they can rest assured after that that he's right on track or perhaps his Instagram posts will uh, will convince them that he's healthy. I don't know. We'll see. But the Cardinals, the Cardinals do have Tyler O'Neill there. They do have Jose Martinez still around. Um, and, you know, the Bryce Harper story, the Bryce Harper narrative, if you will, is going to continue until he signs somewhere, especially on a team like St. Louis, where they do have uh, some some potential weaknesses in that outfield puzzle. So uh, a lot to watch for as the next couple of weeks develop, because, Alex, we're we're weeks away from uh, from spring training games getting started. So uh, hopefully everyone is quickly on their way to warmer weather except me i'll tough it out in the in the frozen tundra for everyone um to uh you know just provide us a, a sense of perspective <laughs> as we get to that point alex chirp of the week i believe you have something for us i do i'm gonna keep it short uh we're talking about bryce harper uh because um, it's hard to talk about baseball right now and not talk about bryce harper or manny it's Machado. A rule. we have to it is a rule um <laughs> And I wanted to look at his 2016 through 2018 season. So his last three seasons, um, I'm purposely excluding 2015 um, and starting at 2016. So no one can accuse me, of, accuse me of cherry picking because 2015, he basically had one of the greatest seasons um, of all time. Um, so I look at his uh, accumulative stats from the past three seasons um, and he hit, he batted 267 with a 391 on base and a 505 slugging for 132 WRC plus. Um, and then I looked at Fangraph's leaderboards, um, and, and I'm sorry, that, that was in just over uh, 1,800 plate appearances. Uh, and then I looked at Fangraph's leaderboards for all Cardinal seasons going back to 2000, when we kind of like think of this era of like the Cardinals when, you know, uh, just before Pujols came to town and right when they started seemingly winning the division all the time. And so I wanted to find the season that matched Harper's last three the closest um, meaning if you could whittle the last three seasons of Bryce Harper down to one Cardinal season who would it be and it would be 2016 Matt Carpenter um, he hit 271 380 uh, with a 505 slugging uh, which exactly mirrors Harper's uh, with 136 WRC plus um, he uh, he was worth about three point five wins per six hundred plate appearances. Not Har not Carpenter's best season, uh, but still a very good season. And that just goes to show you how good of a player Bryce Harper is. Um, because again, we're excluding his godly season, one of the best seasons ever. Um, and also, we're talking about a player who's only twenty six. Uh, meanwhile, Carpenter, what in two thousand sixteen was, I believe, thirty one. Um, so again, that just shows you the attractiveness of how good of a player Bryce Harper is. I still think the Cardinals should sign him. I think we'll all be somewhat bummed when they don't sign him, but that's baseball. We'll all live and we'll all be excited once April gets here anyway. And then we'll hope that Ozuna and his neon 
arm sleeve uh, or Tyler O'Neill, should he get the opportunity to play more regularly, will be able to uh, to hit so well that we forget that the Cardinals didn't sign Bryce Harper. <laughs> you, you know, I, I you know I would love it if <laughs> if Ozuna was in the Dominican Republic, just taking it easy um, because that's what I would be doing um, and posting right? like old videos of him working out on Instagram. <laughs> Oh, and then and then Mo gets there and it's like, yeah. what is happening? Uh makes a quick phone call and all of a sudden Bryce Harper's a cardinal. Uh, well, yeah, then I would really love it. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, that is the show. Uh let us know what you think about the Marcel Ozuna drama. You can tweet at us at Birds on the Black for the site and the show at Tara Wellman for myself at AlexCard79 for Alex and uh, we will be back at you next week Um, who knows what the Instagram drama next week will be we'll just we'll just keep the trend going so if you see any uh, any insta drama send it our way and maybe we'll talk about it on the show you can always send us ideas as well if there's some Cardinals related topic that you would like for us to talk about or in my case if you want to know all about figure skating because that's the bubble I've been living in the last week um We probably won't talk about that on the show, but, you know, you can always send the suggestion anyway, and uh, perhaps we will discuss that at length the next time around. So for Alex, I'm Tara. We'll talk to you next time.